this is Woodside Church Youth. Hello everyone, just a quick little thing before we start, this episode is great, honestly listen to it all, but it turned out to be a bit long and we didn't want to cut out anything that we thought was really important, so what's going to happen, we're going to split this episode into two parts, the first one will come out now, what you're listening to, and the next one will come out on Saturday morning, so I hope that works with you, and yeah, hope you enjoy. Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Woodside Youth Podcast. I'll be honest, I don't remember what episode it is, but I think it's eight. Am I right, Ollie? Something like, I think it's eight, I think yeah, it's yeah, eight. yeah. I feel like I've gained a thousand years in wisdom that while I've been doing this podcast. But anyway, this week yeah. we had Luke Clements, and what we did is we went through Dave Devonish's preach on fulfilling the law. So, Ollie, do you want to run us through what we were talking about? Yeah, I mean, we've just recorded it. Great episode. If you're listening now, especially if you're Matt and would only normally listen to the Would You Rathers, listen to the whole thing. Matt, this is a good because one. Because it is... It is excellent. I, I haven't edited yet, but I think it's excellent. We talk about the Old Testament, where you'd start in the New Old Testament, what you might read, what the struggles are. We talk about that generally, how important it is. Then we talk about how Jesus came to fulfil the law, but also give it a deeper meaning about how we need to look at the heart behind the action, about how self-reflection is massive for that. We talked about temptations. We talked. We focused a lot on pornography, because that's where the conversation went. But then we also widened the conversation about anger and different things we can fall into. And we got really, really practical on that. And then we also talked about comparison a little bit, how grace covers us. It There's so much. It's so yeah. good, honestly. And at the end, we've got practical advice. And they're great as well. So, yeah, great. I mean, I did cringe a tinsy bit at Luke's one. But the, the meat, the heart behind it was great. So I hope you enjoy that as well. So, um, yeah, we really hope you enjoy this one. We really hope it serves you. And we shall see you in five seconds. See you soon. See ya. Okay, and welcome back. We've now got Luke joining us for episode eight now of the Woodside Youth Podcast. But as always, we're going to start with a Would You Rather. Kev, what have you got this week? It better be amazing. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm not ready. <laughs> oh. Okay, here it is. Um, would you rather eat live ants as sprinkles on ice cream or fried mealworms? Is that literally a direct um, Is that a direct response to David Devonish eating his mealworms in his preach? In his, oh, wow. He definitely has watched the preach. He heard about the hell, mealworms. Mate. Yeah, wow. that's, that was a bit, I, was actually, I was actually disgusted by him saying that. Oh, my days. I'm a genius. I actually didn't David think of that. Surely it's got to be the ants. Well, right? I, no, no, I've got, yeah, ants every day. Lots of protein. What, yeah, loads of protein. And also. Live, live ants. Yeah, but they're better than mealworms, mate. You've, have you not seen no, Celebrity? Get, have are... you seen Celebrity Get Me Out of Here when they bite them and the, the juice comes out of them? The mealworms oh, are dead the and ones... fried. They're still juicing they're dead, them. Though. Oh, no. I, I, think you could... I have actually eaten a mealworm. On, I did like a sort of on a celebrity type thing where they made me eat a mealworm. But no, like, really. it was also dried, but it was flipping rank, mate. So I'm never doing that again. So I'm going ants. I feel like ants would be nothing. Like You'd probably eat the ice cream. You wouldn't really notice them. They're so small. Like They're just like, like a really small seed. Anything. But mealworms, it's like a proper chew. You get a burst of all the liquid and all the guts. And yeah, stuff, like, 100%. Right. So let me tell you why you guys are wrong. So this is a fried mealworm. So it's not... It's not going to be that squidgy. A fried okay. mealworm I can deal with. Ants as sprinkles. There's a lot of sprinkles on How? ice cream. Yeah, We're talking about like ants, ice cream with a lot of sprinkles. Ants aren't squidgy though, are they? They're tiny. 
No, and you but can blend I don't like them in the, the idea of ants moving around in my mouth. I'm not having it. They're ants are crawling up and down. Well, you got some sort You'll of super ants. No, but there's still like even what a little ant stuck in your teeth somewhere. I'm not. I'd rather yeah. have. I'd rather get through the fried mealworm than have ants on my. Wait, sprinkles. only one mealworm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how? Yeah, big hang, is yeah hang a minute. You didn't say there's just one mealworm. Wait, let me. You said mealworms. Yeah. Oh, mealworms. No, I did say. I did say mealworms. I did say mealworms. So we're talking about one. So we're talking about one mealworm. Nah, nah. With multiple. Oh mate, changing the goalposts. How many, Kev? Oh, Multiple meal, between two and five. Okay, and how big are mealworms? Are they like what the length of like? Are they like five centimeters? It's like mealworms, isn't it? No, forget that, mate. He's just showed a finger of about four inches. You can, you can <laughs> that's get, not... you can get stuffed, mate. No, I'm not. Eating. How that's bit... not that. They're thin as well. They're thin. Oh, that's okay. How like... big are they? Four, eight, twelve, sixty. You're saying you'd rather eat twenty inches of mealworm over a little sprinkling of ants on ice cream? Are you're you saying mental? twenty inches, like like it's about the size of a water bottle, but mealworms are tiny, like thickness-wise. I need to find out how. Old <laughs> I they think you've realised you're wrong. No, 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 yeah. no, no. I'm backing myself. I'm I'm having the fried mealworm instead of ants on sprinkles. No way oh, am I having gosh. ants on sprinkles. Imagine if I they're think... like the fire ants as well. The red oh, ones. Don't change it. Oh, yeah. Fire ants. <laughs> I'm, I'm not changing anything. I'm saying, imagine if it was. Yeah, I wouldn't eat fire right. ants. Kev, Kev, mealworm. Kev, mealworms are only 1.25 centimeters. They're so small. Oh, okay, All right, fifteen, fifteen mealworms. <laughs> Kev, you can't keep changing. You're an absolute <laughs> nightmare. Oh, oh dear. You're not putting no. ants on sprinkles. I'm not having ants on sprinkles either way. No, never. I'm not having an ice cream full of ants. Okay, well. There you go. That is the end of the Would You Rather. Clearly, clearly everyone will go for ants and ice cream. Right, so this is episode eight of the podcast now. And Dave D this week preached as part of our Look to Jesus series on fulfilling Old Testament law. It was the one that I was looking at thinking that one's going to be a bit, a bit heavier, a bit more tough. Uh, but I actually thought it was a good preach. So Luke, I guess this week, is going to sum up the preach in, in a minute or so. So let's see what you've got. Hello, everybody. Right, so... Now, I've got no notes in front of me because I'm voice recording, so this is all spontaneous wisdom. But basically... Um, oh, that's ba- the most pointless flex I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> flex? <There's no> ne- <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. So, so basically, um, so David was talking about um, the, the Old Testament, how Jesus came to fulfil the Old Testament. And because obviously we grow, we, we, you might have grown up with people saying that the Old Testament was really harsh and strict and... The New Testament's all about grace and love, man. It's all soft, soft and nice. Yeah. And effectively, what David's, what David's saying is Jesus didn't come to get rid of all that stuff in the Old Testament, but he came to completely, what the Bible says, fulfill it. Um, so that it's not completely null and void anymore, and it doesn't, it doesn't count, it's not important anymore. But, but, yeah. so, but some of it, some of it in, in a sense, some of it, the moral law, he talked about the moral law, he talked about sacrificial law, and another law, I can't remember. Um, but effectively, the moral law still, still stands. But the sacrificial law, so killing of the animals, obviously nobody's well maybe he does in his free time, but we're not we don't have to necessarily gut lambs and do all that stuff because yeah. Jesus came to do it. So he's pretty much talking about how G, um Jesus um how, when people say, Oh, I don't like the Old Testament God, but I like the New Testament God, it's the it's the same God and and the and there's sort of the the code moral code still stands. And in fact, Jesus didn't just fulfill it he's actually heightened it and he's made it harder in a sense which we'll go into a bit later i suppose yeah, but he yeah. says he, he says he's actually height made like hide height that's not the right heightened the bar but yeah in a nutshell that i think that's what he got at to be honest great so yeah he talked a lot about the old testament and 
about how people can kind of look at the Old Testament and be a bit kind of like, oh, that's not really for now, or I don't really need to read that. And to be honest, I think a lot of people would start, whenever you're told to read the Bible or start to read the Bible, you're told to go to the Gospels and go in the New Testament because it's a bit easier. Hmm. But like, do, how do we how do we approach the Old Testament? Um, so an article that I read by someone uh-huh. from our community group talked about where to look for Jesus in the Old Testament. Um, because that's mm-hmm. something that I'd never thought was almost possible when I like used to read the Old Testament, or whatever. And three things that they say is, look for the pattern of Christ in the Old Testament, look for the promise of Christ, and look for the where Christ is present in the Old Testament. Ooh. And um, we might maybe you know drop. What does that mean? What in. do you mean by pattern of Christ? I understand the other two. So like, um, the Old Testament, the whole idea of the flood and the ark, the Passover and the Red Sea. The wilderness and the promised land, the idea of like the rescuing that God does. Uh, oh, oh, is that almost like oh, is that almost like the heart, the heart of God? Effectively, yeah, like it's just a, it yeah, it's like the gospel yeah. laid out. So Noah's Ark, parts, Noah's Ark could be a story of salvation. So that would yeah, be the pattern yeah, of Christ. Okay, okay yeah. got you, got you, got you. But like when I was younger, I'd never assumed that. I never think that the Old Testament would have Jesus that laid out in it. Mm, yeah, like I'd always yeah. assumed that. Oh, the Old Testament was older than the New Testament is what you read now. That's where all Paul is giving out his crazy wisdom. You could uh, you could even following. argue that Jesus appears in the Old Testament. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Go on then. In fact, in fact, in fact, I'm gonna lay my cards on the table and say a hundred percent does. Go on then. Do you want to give us a bit of context on that, Luke? Just for those who probably won't know where you're pointing so at. So obviously, well the, the Old Testament that Jesus doesn't appear until the New Testament. Um but there are accounts in the Old Testament, like the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, when either you get something called the angel of the Lord, who, talk, who uh-huh. talks yeah. as though he is God. So he talks as I am with you. So he talks okay. first person. So you've got this angel of the Lord, or you've got a story in Sodom and Gomorrah when it says the Lord came down and spoke to Lot. Um, okay. So, yeah, so yeah. somebody called the Lord came down, and I'm assuming in human form, so I reckon, yeah, I yeah. think Jesus, Jesus is in the Old Testament. So that's, wow. that's one of the things in the article where it says, when, when we talk about Christ being present, we're literally looking for that. We're looking for a place where Christ, Christ was literally there. And somewhere in the New Testament, there's a verse which talks about how it literally says that whenever God comes down, it's always in representation of Jesus. So whenever we look at the representation of God coming down as the angel of the Lord, it, it has to be Jesus, basically. Mm. Yeah. Because God is always represented as Jesus when he comes down to us, mm-hmm. when he comes face to face or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really good because I think Dave talked a lot about read the importance of the Old Testament, but reading it in the view of what Jesus has done and what Jesus has come. I think reading it with that perspective is really helpful yeah. um, and will almost reveal more revelation to us. But also I think when you read the Old Testament, there's so many stories in the Old Testament that just raise faith of... Or like teach us about the character of God, raise faith about his power, kind of like... You read so many stories about like Noah, loads of miracles, and it's yeah. I think it's a it's amazing kind of like it does raise my faith a lot, and also all the prophecies as well about what happens in the New Testament. Mm. I think that just increases my confidence and just like that's I find that really helpful to read. So I'm interest mm. I'm interest you two if you were going to re- say to a young person, um, you're gonna read read the book in the Old Testament. What Old Testament book are you sending them to? Any Old Testament book. Yeah, and it yeah. has to be like a story-based book. Or no, it'll be, be whatever book. you want. Um, I'm tempted to say Psalms or Proverbs. Interesting. 
Oh, I wouldn't have gone that. That's interesting. But that is good shout. Good shout. I was going to say maybe Isaiah. Oh, Isaiah! I like Isaiah. <laughs> That's like one of the hardest books in the book Bible yeah, it to is read. One of the hardest books, but I think it's got some very good chapters. Oh, it's got some great chapters. I'm not going to start dishing the Bible. Don't worry. But um, but yeah. as for as for a first read in the Old Testament, I'm not going Isaiah. <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. That's a, that's a hard question. I wouldn't go too far away from saying I think everyone should read through Genesis. I think actually... Yeah, Genesis. Christian. I think it's an amazing book to read. I think if you haven't read it, go. that's yeah. one of the first things you should do after listening to it. Just start going through Genesis. Yeah. I think it just is a great book. I really like Joshua and I've been doing a, a few different um, kind of Bible plans on Joshua. Yeah. I think good. that's a really good, good story. There is some hard I've bits related. in Joshua. It gets a bit hard at the end, doesn't it? Yeah, it does but, get it gets hard towards the end after you get to like past the middle bit. It gets but harder. It is There's a lot of listing of kings. And yeah, yeah, lots who of lists. Who owns yeah. this land? I think that's the thing I struggle with the Old Testament. There's lots of lists, yeah, and it, it can almost feel like you're repeating yourself. But I wouldn't go too far away from Genesis or Joshua yeah. to start with. That'd be probably my two go to. What would you say, Luke? Uh, I'm I'm going Judges. I'm going Judges Ooh. because Judges is loads of stories of just wicked stories. You've got Gideon, story of the yeah, an true. army of 300 beating an army that is more than the sand in the street sea or whatever it says. You've got Samson that That's batters true. a load of people with the jaw of a, jaw of a donkey. You've got that other, the other guy that kills hundreds of people. Uh, basically, I like stories where people are getting killed, which is probably not, not <laughs> ideal. Quite... But um, you've got Deborah, who's a bit of a beast. Yeah, full yeah. of them. Judges is just full of absolute beasts. But Genesis is also a great shout. Um, yeah. To be honest, what about Job? What do you think of Job? Flipping, you choose the hard ones, don't you? Good grief! Yeah. Just, I mean, I'm Job's excellent. Yeah, Job's excellent. But oh my gosh, I only got through Job myself about two years ago, and I'm 34, so I wouldn't. Yeah, it's not no easy. Read. I have to say, I haven't read through the book of Job personally. I've I, I've heard it's a tough book. I mean, I it, it, ironically, it's a job. Hey. hey, there it is. You only get banter on this absolute, podcast. Let absolute, me tell you now, That's Bishop of Banterbury. <laughs> but yeah Kev you have chucked out a few hard ones there but it's interesting so if you've never delved into the Old Testament absolutely go for it there's so much goodness in there and I think also kind of like I'd say whenever you read the Bible like I'd always start by asking God to just reveal stuff through the Bible helping like help highlight different things that isn't just for the New Testament but it's for the whole thing so I think mm. definitely go for that mm. so when David was talking about Jesus coming and fulfilling all he really highlighted the fact that he fulfilled it but he also almost Luke said he heightened the importance of it but he also deepened the meaning of it so Jesus talked about uh do not do not kill people but David talk, showed us how he actually also talked about the feeling of anger and how he deepened it from instead of just looking at the action of the sin how did we also look at the heart mm. of the sin and where we're kind of positioning ourselves I found it really interesting about how he talked about the current present tense so it's a continuation of actions yeah. um yeah i just i find it really interesting about how we looked at the heart like but how do you think we can look at our own heart behind the actions what do you think we can do the thing is like god's we talk about old testament new testament from the beginning of the time that's what god's always been concerned about the heart so obviously the law yeah. the laws are are actions but the truth is if you i always think of a, like a tree and you got the fruit grows on the tree um, and then mm-hmm. the roots go down, and but you can have bad fruit coming on that tree. You can have some dirty little rotten apples. You can pluck an apple yeah. off the tree, but if the if the root's bad, you're only going to get other bad apples arriving. Does it make, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, um, good, yeah. and uh, and God's always been concerned about that. That's why He said about um, David, uh, uh, "He's a man after my own heart," and that's why He says, 
man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. He's always been concerned about that. Um, and that's like when yeah. you see that guy in the New Testament where he says, oh, he says, oh, I f-, he says to Jesus, what, I, f- I fulfilled all the Ten Commandments. What else must I do? And Jesus says, um, he doesn't, he doesn't, like, it's almost an arrogant comment. Like, I've completed all the Ten Commandments. Don't, yeah. you're telling me you've never lied. But Jesus doesn't say, see, in your lifetime, you've never lied. But he didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't say that. He, he said, um, all right, what you need to do is go and sell your, sell your possessions and then come follow me. Why, and why is he say, sell yeah. your possessions? Because the Bible says, from um, the money, money is a real link to your heart. Like where your money is, there your heart is also. So Jesus was saying, yeah. "Okay, you can you okay, you can tick all those boxes, but is your heart really with me? Then go and give your money away. Let's see how much your heart is with me. Then come and follow me, because you can't do it on your own anyway. You need me." Um, so it's always been the case that he's been bothered about the heart. So it's, I don't actually think that's a that's a new thing, but Jesus just emphasizes something that maybe people, the Pharisees, yeah. were starting to get wrong and no, just trying to good. tick boxes. I think it's interesting, like. Where is our, where our heart is in all of this? Because it's very easy to just go to church on a Sunday morning because you go with your family and then come back and it, you just live your normal life and it not really affect it. Mm. But it's important, like where your heart is, you'll spend you'll spend your time, you'll invest in that area because you're you that's where your heart is. I think mm. it's really important to position ourselves where we can invest in kind of church more, where we can invest in the Bible more, and where we can invest our in our relationship with Jesus. And yeah. kind of work on where our heart is positioned in everything we do. So I've been looking yeah. to a lot of like, I don't know why, but a lot of psychology stuff recently. And a lot of um, stuff that people do is unlearn stuff. So they're trying to change their ways or mm-hmm. habits and stuff. They have certain stuff that they need to unlearn. And I feel like a lot of that is what we have to do sometimes as well. Like yeah, when definitely. You're, the, the stuff that you are brought up with, the stuff that you naturally have in your mind. Mm. And a lot of yeah. the whole idea of renewing your mind yeah. and the way the Holy Spirit helps you is just unlearning. Everything that you're doing and filling it in with God's, God's heart. It's not that easy to do that. That's a huge process, I think. And we're going to be doing that for the rest of our lives. Yeah. That's not something that stops now. It's something that starts and stops like in a day or two. Yeah, we definitely have to carry on continuing to re- renew our heart and renew mm-hmm. well and learn things. I think it's interesting because, you know, if you've grown up in a Christian home, you go, you grow up with a lot of helpful practices of, you know, like even like saying grace at the table and all that kind of stuff. But I think almost if they just become something we the danger is that they just become something we do and have no mm-hmm. meaning to and have no heart mm-hmm. behind it i think almost i don't think it'd be too unfair to say that we almost have to unlearn doing those things in order to do it with our heart in the yeah. right place definitely yeah. if that makes sense like if we might say grace at the table but actually grace is something that's so much and thinking god is something that's so much more than doing it before a meal time at the table we should be constantly in thanksgiving and i think we like Kev said, we often will have to unlearn things that we've been brought up with that are good things to be brought up with and helpful practices. But we need to always yeah. look at where our heart is in those things and reevaluate and go, okay, maybe this needs to look a bit different. Um, but then again, doing those things isn't bad because it helps you get into a routine of being thankful. So it's a tough one to mm. weigh, I think. But like just mm. being aware of the fact that you might have to unlearn some stuff is really important. Yeah. So it's, it's the Christian life. Like our whole life is like this. People, mm. you get, we get so many people get this assumption that you become a, you become a Christian and you change. Every, well, you do change, but you, oh, everything's radically mm. different. Like my, the way I yeah. look at everything's different. The way I think about things is different. The reality is that's not what happens. 
They're like, we, we yeah. do change. We do change, but we still have old thought probes. Um, like you're saying, unlearned stuff. We still have old ways of looking at stuff that God has to start teaching us. And I think it's actually one of the main one of the main things that puts people off with being a Christian is they see these Christians that look so different and think, I can't flip in and live like that. But yeah. but actually, the only reason, as David actually says in his message, the only reason we can can do that is because God helps us. Like, yes, yeah, I think also on that bit before is the importance of self reflection in terms of we touched on it just there, but constantly just reevaluating what you're kind of doing. Like, it's easy to get in a rut with anything, let alone something that may be. Um, you know, that you don't enjoy sometimes, I think, you know, reevaluate how you're reading the Bible, reevaluate how you're treat, even how you're treating your friends, everything you do, it doesn't have to be Christian, mm-hmm. like your Christian practices, like anything you do in life, reevaluate how you're doing and self-reflect on that and see how it can change mm-hmm. to make, make things better. I think that's, in general, that's a really helpful practice that we should get into of self-reflection and also almost inviting people into your life that can help you reflect on different things and not, mm-hmm. you know, a, a good friend will call you out on things if they don't think, mm-hmm. It's happening and getting those people around you is really important in terms of helping you to look to Jesus and yeah. to get the right practices, I guess, as well. The whole idea of like self-reflection, but then when you have the Holy Spirit to help you with the self-reflection as well, that's the huge difference that, you know, when you're yeah. talking about when you're a Christian, it's not just like something that happens just like that. Yeah. Straight away. You have the Holy Spirit working within you. But the thing is, you can, you could, you can not hear him. As in, you, you can get, yeah. you can grow. The Bible talks about getting calloused. So our conscience is... The Holy Spirit uses our conscience and sometimes we do something wrong and we feel uncomfortable about it. Then we do the same thing again and it's less uncomfortable. And then we've done the same thing 10 times right. and we're not bothered anymore. And and, yeah. and that's actually what happens when we don't listen to the Holy Spirit on an issue. And we think, oh, you know, I don't feel guilty about that. I can do that. I don't feel bad about it. But you, you, did, the yeah. fir- you yeah. did the first time and you ignored it. And you just get hardened, yeah. more and more hardened, like a builder that's got a, like, no feeling on his hands from hammering for 15 years. Yeah, that's what absolutely. happens to our heart. Yeah yeah so it's again it's like learn asking the holy spirit holy spirit would you soften soften where my heart's Mm. got hard and help me to know what right and wrong is and be sensitive to that again so that is it for part one of episode eight of the woodside youth podcast hope you'll rejoin us on saturday morning for episode two to come out and we will carry on the conversation have a great day thanks for joining us for more information visit woodsidechurch.com or follow us on social media